Welcome to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast, broadcast from sunny Santa Barbara, California. We're here to go back to the facts, educate you in health and fitness, and help you rise up to your full potential. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rise Up SD. It's your hosts, Addie and... Kyle. There you go. You didn't say my name. Did I know. Did you forget well, it? No, 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 because oh. you were going to say it. Oh, I was Sorry, we meant to it. practice and we just didn't have time. We're not very good at that. So we're back again. And today we actually had a request from um, our very own Stacey Maldonado, who wanted to know a little bit about running technique, um, right. which is challenging to explain over um, the air, so to speak, uh, not being able to see somebody, but we're going to do our best. Yeah. So we're going to run through kind of the principles and the ideas and what it is and why it's important. Um I just want to kind of, you know, be a little bit clear that by listening to this podcast, you're not necessarily going to be able to go out and just be a great runner or change your technique all of a sudden just by doing this. Right. It's, there's no but, magic pill. No, but we'll give you some tools and I've got some resources for you. So hopefully that, that can help you as you go through. Okay. So um, just to start out talking about, you know, watching people run in general, like what percentage of I would say runners, and this can be anyone, let's say someone who enters, I'm not even going to say just fitness runners, I'm going to say someone who enters a 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, enters all right, so a all race, kinds of people. All kinds of people, mm-hmm. but people that care enough to not just go out and use it for exercise, but care enough to enter an event. doesn't mean they're competitive, doesn't mean they care about their time, it means mm-hmm. they enter an event. Okay. What percentage of people would you guess would say run with, I would say, decent technique, not even great, decent technique? 30%. Okay. So that's kind of on the low end thinking, okay, if you, most people think I know how to run, right? I mean, how hard can say, it be? How hard can it be, right? You move your legs, you go. So 30% of people run with decent technique. Oh my God, I was right? No. Oh. That's what you said. Oh. I would say that probably it's on the order of 5% or less. Five? Run with decent technique. Five? And, and it's le- probably 2% or less that actually run with good running technique. Wow. It's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy to think about, okay? So most people that you go and see do not run correctly when you watch them run. That makes it, is what part of the reason it makes it very challenging to have good running technique. So what do you consider to be like good running technique or why why is it important? What difference does it make for us biomechanically there's two, to have good running There's technique? two major things, okay? So if you don't know how to swim and I throw you in a swimming pool and I say go to the other side, you're going to see someone who can't swim, struggle a lot, and doggy paddle and maybe make it and maybe feel like they're going to drown, right? Right. And then you see someone with decent technique who has learned freestyle and whatever, use their arms and put their head under the water and kick and go in flat and mm-hmm. swim across the pool, right? They're more efficient, right? And then you can see the caliber of someone who's really fast. So, Like Michael look, Phelps? Yes. So looking at running, I would say a lot of times people really do focus on technique with swimming, but I would, I would err on the side of running is actually more important. And there's two reasons. Apart from the drowning. The one is, that's obvious is that you become more efficient. If you mm-hmm. run with good technique, you want to become more efficient, meaning that you can travel at a, it's very simple. You can travel at a faster pace or speed with the same amount of effort. That right. Makes sense? Yep. I'm going to go kind of hard. I'm going to go really hard. I'm going to go all out. I can go faster. More bang for your buck. Right. And when it turns that actually allows people to do is not necessarily they're not maybe worried about the high end speed, but it allows people to go more quickly where they feel like they're running at a lower intensity where they don't feel like they're killing themselves. Right. Okay. 
And then I would imagine the other major one is injury prevention. That is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that's most neglected. Probably the most important for the everyday runner too. The most important for almost anyone, I would say the elite and the um, basically everyday runner. It's not fun to be injured. We don't no, like to No, and then you injured. can't run or do a lot of other things No sometimes. one wants to. So for the amateur runner, if you're using this as your exercise and all of a sudden you're running and you're a runner and that's all you do, you don't have another lot of options when you're injured. You just can't run. You, you can find something else to do, don't get me wrong, but if it's not like you know you can just switch on and do another kind of type of exercise within right. the sport you're doing or something. Right. right? So you're pretty much sidelined. And with an elite or a competitive, let's say, not even elite, but an amateur or a competitive amateur, when you're injured and you have to spend time away from running, even if you're exercising those hours, cycling, swimming, other things, they don't translate the way, you know, we it necessarily might. So the problem is, is that when you, let's say you're training for, you're competitive and you're training for a half marathon and you get injured and you spend two or three weeks off. It's not that you just lost two or three weeks, but you also took a step back because now you're two or three weeks behind where you were when you got injured. Right. So, so it's not it's not just it's really, really important to prevent injuries when you're running. And the number right. one way to do that is to run with good technique and also, you know, not run too correct too far too soon. But correct. Yeah. So um the technique is good. So now what is proper technique? Well, the gist of it is is that mo we are naturally made to run with good technique. And what is you know, scarred us is how we look in society and that we are always wearing shoes. Okay. So we're not meant to wear shoes all the time. I would argue that walking bipedally was a real bummer for the human race overall, but that's a separate conversation. But looking at what we're doing and even a lot in the last hundreds of years is really up until the eighties and even late eighties, there wasn't really such thing as a running shoe. Now they had running shoes in the seventies, but there was no cushion. There was well, nothing. It's just sneakers. It was just, it's just sneakers. like a closed toed shoe with laces. Right. Yeah. It's just a closed toed shoe with laces that hopefully didn't rub as much. Right. Mm-hmm. It's different than dress shoes. Okay. So when you run barefoot, most people, if you take their shoes off and you put them on concrete and you tell them to run, they run much, much better and almost correctly because when they don't, they feel that vibration. Now I'm not suggesting that if you want to run there correctly, you should take off your shoes right away and just go run on concrete. That's pounding and kind of abusive to the body. But just do it for a, a little short up and down your driveway Yeah, or just kind of notice. Just kind of notice you run very differently barefoot on concrete than you would in shoes. Okay, so shoes allow us to have some cushion in the heel. Mm-hmm. What that allows us to do is stick at our heel and land with your heel first and kind of roll off. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of an absorption, right? Right. Yeah. So you may not feel this on a three mile run and you may not feel this for a couple weeks and then a couple months, but eventually this does add up. And the analogy I like to use is it's boxing gloves, right? Someone puts on a pair of boxing gloves and you're like, oh, hit me in the chest. And they hit you mm-hmm. in the chest with a pair of boxing gloves. You're like, oh, and you feel that little bit of blow. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that much. If they then do the same punch with a bare fist right in your chest, you're going to feel it a lot more, right? I would imagine so. I've yes. never been boxed in the chest or before. Or hit in the head or whatever else. But I have been hit big... by several volleyballs and soccer balls and basketballs in the head, however. Okay. So imagine getting hit about with a volleyball in the head mm-hmm. versus getting hit with a golf ball in the head. Uh, Same analogy, right? Mm-hmm. The volleyball, oh, swings back and you're like, ow, my head hurts and you know, it might be have a little red or whatever. A golf ball, you get hit in the head, all of a sudden you might have a laceration. You might have a big egg on there. It's a lot harder, Right. So same yeah, idea with fracture. running when we a skull fracture, yeah, exactly. Depending on how close that person was when they 
And then when they swung that golf club, how fast that ball there. was going. Yeah. Anyway, that's off topic. Um, so a, a cushioned running shoe does exactly that. It's like having a soft ball or having a boxing glove on your hand and it allows you to get away with running technique. And a lot of people, when they start running, they go to the running shoe store and I don't blame them. They look at your stride and they tell you to, oh, you're a pronator and you should put a maxly cushioned shoe on everything else. And what that does is it doesn't really solve the problem. It kind of puts a bandaid on it. It right. allows more time to go by before you're going to see an injury. And eventually you will see an injury if you don't have proper running technique. It's well, going it's, to happen. It's like anything else when you go to, like when you go to the chiropractor and they adjust your back or whatever, that will help you feel better temporarily. But if you don't have a conversation about why is it that my back got twisted right. up in the first place, then it's just going to happen over and, and over again. You don't go to a physical therapist and you don't do strength right. training, you don't do stretching, you don't have mobility. You know, you can get adjusted and feel better. The chiropractor is going to be a temporary solution. Going to a physical therapist or a personal trainer or someone who knows how to solve the problem from the root is actually what's going to long-term be the best solution. Right. And I'm not, I'm not saying that chiropractors don't know what they're doing. And a lot of them do have those, can actually give you those suggestions just as well as physical therapists can. But Well, I mean, that's what I'm, lo- I'm loving to see in chiropractors. Is a lot more, it's not just going and get adjusted. It's going, get adjusted and have more of a, a physical therapy um, you know, side of their practice as well. Right, right. So the point being that if you go, you know, to get something fixed, but you don't actually understand why it's happening in the first place, then it's just going to get worse and worse. So same thing with running. If you wear a shoe that makes you feel better while you're running, but you haven't actually worked on the technique that is causing the problem in the first place, then it might take you a little bit longer to see an injury or, you know, you might feel better for a right. little while until the actual problem, you know, builds up and builds up the more miles that you put in. Okay. So we spent a pretty much time trying to convince you that running technique is important. And I it's think that's the guys. most important part of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you all the principles and run through it, but I've taught a lot of people proper running technique and worked with a lot of people. And unless you get hands on or you've watched a video or watched some analysis of it, it's really hard to grasp it for me just telling you. Even if I'm sitting in the same room as someone and they're asking me specific questions, I'm giving specific answers. They're going to understand what I'm saying. But it's really hard for them to then go and translate that mm-hmm. to what they're doing. So I'm going to give you kind of specific, a, a few suggestions here. And then I've got a good resource for you guys to go look at and Great. watch at home. So basically what we want to do is we want to land on the mid or forefoot. Okay. So I'm going to have you guys do a simple drill right now if you're listening to this. Unless you're driving or something. But <laughs> let's stand up. Don't do it if you're driving. Let's stand up and let's jump on and hop up and down. And you're going to notice hop and down hops, right? Mm-hmm. So hop, 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 hop. And then what I'm going to have you do is land on your heels. So now lock your legs and stick your heels out. Oh. Right. Oh. Okay. Most people, including 90, let's say 8% of the people listening right now, which is probably you, even though you might not want to believe it, are mm-hmm. leading with their heel and landing on their heel when they run. Okay. And so what they're doing is they're extending their leg. It's turning their legs solid and they're having all that in- impact, just like you're landing on your heel. Go into their all the way up ankle. Tibia. Well, it depends. Yeah. It goes from your ankle, then it goes into your knee, and then mm-hmm. it goes into your hip, and then into your lower back. Well, just kind of sends shock waves up right. all those long bones. In and there. so yeah. the question is, where are you going to get injured? And the answer is, I don't know. What's your weakest link? Mm-hmm. And you don't want your your weakest link could be your ankle, could be your knee, could be your hip, could be your lower back. I don't want it to be any of those. I want right. that when you're running your ankle to absorb shock. I want your knee to absorb shock. I want your hips to absorb shock. And how to do that? is to have your foot land directly underneath you when you're running, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're running, and when you run... Not like reaching super right. far forward. So now that yeah. how you do this hopping drill, now run in place, okay? It's impossible to land on your heels when you run in place. 
Not so, without being really awkward and really intentional awkward. We'll about do it. it. Yeah. Land on your heels. So you're running in place is, is actually how you should be running. Get nice and tall. Swing those arms a little bit and just run in place with a good leg pickup. Your technique is pretty good now. Now, as soon as people want to start moving forward, try moving forward with me right now, you're going to extend your leg. That's the wrong thing to do. What you want to do is you want to lean forward nice and tall like a board. Pretend you're a board. And then lean forward just ever so slightly and then pick up your leg to catch yourself. Kind of like if you've ever watched a toddler trying to learn how to run and yes. they just sort of yes. lean forward until their legs actually can't catch them. And then they sprint them. across the room yep. until they fall. <laughs> yep. And this is another good thing. Watch kids, especially under four years old, four years and under run. And they naturally run on their toes and they land on the things on their feet. And for all you parents out there of young kids, when your kids are doing sports and whatever else, take the shoes off them as much as possible. I know it's one of those things where it's like, I want their feet to be protected and they need to have cushion shoes or whatever else. And I understand that if you're in public, if you're on concrete where there's glass and a bad area, like where there could be potentially hook dirty worms. glass, whatever, hookworms. <laughs> it's a thing. It's not not on concrete. So, but um, I understand when you might need to put shoes on them. But when they're playing, don't. And I have a four-year-old daughter. She's on the concrete. She's on her scooter. She's running around on concrete. Take the shoes off. You would be surprised how fast they build up calluses and how fast they're fine. And I let her, when, when we're going on kind of gnarly bike rides in the dirt, I have her put shoes on. But when she's running around outside, I she has her shoes off most of the time. And it, it builds in good biomechanics naturally mm-hmm. when not having those big cushion mm-hmm. shoes on. You know, the life cycle of hookworms is actually fascinating. Okay. But anyway, um, so you're leaning forward. Your so legs you're are going. Forward, your legs are going and you're just doing a pickup and you're catching yourself and that foot is landing directly underneath you. Okay. okay. And then you do a you know, pickup and you want to land there again. Can you land too much on your toes? Because I remember when I first started running... I, I was a ballet dancer for a long time, so I always run on my toes, like very much on my toes. Yeah. Without, like, I wasn't even really putting my heels down. The answer is yes and no. The answer is if you run too much on your toes, you do a little bit more, you, you stress your Achilles and your calves, maybe a, a potentially a little bit too much. And you are one of the rare exceptions where I had said, don't go on your toes so much, relax your foot a little bit. You're in the less than 1%. And those people <laughs> Thank you. typically come from, uh, dancing or things where you are forced to be on your toes. Mm-hmm. So if you're a dancer or ballet and you're used to being on your toes and you're used to having that calf strength, you can do that. But that's really pretty much the, the only time I see people that have not focused on running technique and that do run correctly. One, I ask them, did you wear shoes when you were a kid? Cause I've had, I've, I've questioned people time and time again and they'll say, I didn't even wear shoes till I was a teenager you mm-hmm. know? and they run pretty well because they're used to running barefoot mm-hmm. or I was trained in the art of ballet or dance. Mm-hmm. And when you're on ballet or dance, you know, you're on your toes a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's it. And for all these, those of you athletes out there that play sports, you'll kind of understanding what I'm saying. It's not natural necessarily to run this way, but think about if you're a football player, you're a basketball player, or you are, it, it doesn't matter. Almost any sport, baseball, whatever it is. You're a baseball player. Okay, let's say you're a football player. You're standing on the line and you're waiting for the ball to be hiked, and then you're gonna, you know, hit the guy in front of you. You got it. If you're on your heels, you're dead. You're on flat on your back. You're in basketball. You're playing defense. Oh yeah, you always have to. You always see those guys leaning forward. Those guys you're and girls. Leaning I forward. Say. They're on their toes because they're yeah. ready to most. You're playing basketball and you're playing defense. Do you get on yeah, your heels? Yeah, everyone's. Well, everyone's always. I mean, crouched down, but they're always leaning no. forward. 
is if, yeah. if you're in basketball, are you on your heels? No, if you're on basketball and you have your heels down, that get, that offensive player is going to go right around you because you can't move quickly if you're on your toes. Yeah. You can. And you're in baseball and the guy's ready to take a swing. You better believe shortstop, first base, outfielders, they're on their toes because they don't know which way the ball is going. They got to be ready to make an instantaneous move. Right. All those people. Right. In that game. All they, those people in that those, game. In that sports ball game. Anyway. So so the gist of it is, is you need to be more landing midfoot, more landing underneath you. So like the squishy part, the toes. ball of your feet. The ball of your feet. Mm-hmm. And most people think they're running the ball of their feet and they're actually running more of like a midfoot, which is totally fine. And you want to take mm-hmm. the impact out of it. So that's the best way to prevent injury, be injury free. Now, the one thing is, is that when you adopt to this, if you're used to running and you don't run a lot, your calves are the one thing that's going to take a huge load that you're not used to. And this is okay. Remember, the calves are a major muscle group. When your calves get sore, when your quads get sore, when your glutes get sore, when your biceps get sore, you take a little bit of rest. It repairs themselves and you're fine. When your knees get sore, when you have knee pain, when you have ankle pain, when you have joint pain, that's the pain, ligament pain, that's the pain we don't want, right? Right. Like with that being said, you can overdo it and pull a muscle. So, and I've seen this with calves. So be careful. So I recommend if you're doing the correct technique is to start off slow like anything else, maybe 10 minutes of running. Did you watch correct our Thursday technique. live workout? No. You don't know about the new hashtag? What's a new hashtag? It's calves like oh, daddy. Calves like daddy. <laughs> Dancer. Arms like sharing, cats like Addy. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that I'm deserving of that hashtag, but I did feel very honored by the girls giving it to me. There you go. Addy's got strong calves, and it comes from dancing and then just maintaining it. Thank you. Thank you. So, So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's one thing that's really worth mentioning while we're having this whole discussion is if you are getting into running, if you're somebody that doesn't run a lot, you know, Kyle said this before on the podcast, um, and in general to people – don't get too excited and go out and run too many miles at once. And that means like, don't, you know, even if you, you feel good, you're feeling excited. Like you feel you're excited to try your new running technique, you know, you're practicing it and you're like, you know what, today I'm going to go for an eight mile run. And the longest run you've done is like three miles. Yeah. Don't do that. Build Start it up. slow. You can run it. I, I would say instead of running you know, five miles one day and five miles the next day, you know, five miles, two days later, I was like, start out two miles. You do another workout two miles if you're running with the correct technique. Okay. So, um, with that being said, if you really, really want to work on it, you probably need to get some individual or group attention with someone who knows what they're doing. There's a lot of methods out there to run correctly. There's pose running, there's chi running. Um, one thing I'm going to link to you guys in the show, it's called evolution running. So Bear with me when I send you this uh, this link. It's it's about a 45-minute video that's really, really good to watch and explains the principles I've got more in depth. So we've only been in here talking about 15 minutes. But this explains the principles in depth and shows you what I'm talking about and what it's looking like, okay? So this is probably, this is from the 90s or early 2000s, or no, it's not by that. Probably in the mid-2000s. The mid-aughts. It's probably 10 or 15 years old, this video, but the principles have not changed. It's the, So it's exactly the same. So... If you're really interested in it, check out this video and watch it and kind of try to mimic kind of what they're doing. And then if you have specific questions, reach out to us, email, whatever. If you want to videotape yourself and email us, I'd be happy to look at your technique, get on the phone with you and give you some tips and suggestions. Great. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Well, hopefully that gives you a good start if you're somebody that does run already or if you're interested in running. Um, Just your reminder that anyone can be a runner. If you go out and run, you're a runner. Okay? So take care of yourself. Make sure you're doing it right so you can continue to enjoy it for as long as you want to. Um, And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Check Google Evolution Running on YouTube. It's a 45-minute video, or we will link it in the show notes for you. All right, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye. Bye.